<laughs> it was so serious and so straight. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, okay. Hi, everybody. I'm John. And I'm Ann. And this is John, John and Ann's Wrestling, Wrestling Podcast. Podcast. Okay. Hi, great. everybody. Um, Hi. We weren't welcome. really playing instruments. We weren't really doing anything. We were just like sitting here. Yeah. With our cat. There she is, Kathy. Our the cat, cat, Kathy, for those of you watching on YouTube, is once again sitting and sleeping behind us. So if you if you get to watch the YouTube version of this show, congrats, because you get to see a cat sleep the whole time. That's right. Or maybe not. Maybe she'll wake up. Maybe she'll wake up. Maybe like, she'll do something. She'll maybe do, she'll turn around. She'll be like, you guys are nerds. You watch usually five hours through. of wrestling. I feel like she's gotten so used to this now, and she's like, oh, these nerds are just going to talk about wrestling for the next hour. There's no point. Yeah. She's not even looking at us. Yeah. She's over it. Anyway, um, we were out last week because I was busy. I was free. And um, so we've got a lot to catch up on. We do. I mean, we had a whole, I mean, a lot happened. A lot has happened in the last week. AEW had their first annual, the inaugural, Wrestle Dream. Wrestle Dream. To celebrate. And was it a nightmare? No. No. Cody Rhodes wasn't there at all. No, it was not. No, That's it was not good. a nightmare. It was a great show. Honestly, I think it was probably one of the best pay-per-views they've ever done except for the fact that there was a sole women's match. Yeah. Um, but I did not, just so that everyone knows how woke I am and committed to mm -hmm. my principles, I did not watch Russell Dream um, because I didn't want to pay $50 for it and there was only one women's match. Yeah. <laughs> I used that as the excuse to not spend the 50 bucks. And I, uh, you know... It's my right. It's my right as a woman. I still have some rights. And I am canceled i still have one or two of them yeah not that. in AEW. no but there like you would have in the real world i still have like one or two rights one of which is i don't have to buy a wrestling pro a wrestling show if there's no like not more than one women's match so yeah that's that is your right and i mean the one women's match they had was good. You know, it was it was Chris Statlander versus uh, Julia Hart, who's really I did come watch a long clips way. of that. I did watch clips of that, as I am a supporter of Julia Hart, and I did think that looked. She's like come a long way, match. even just a few weeks ago on Collision, or a couple like when Collision first started. I remember watching a, a match or two of hers and being like, "Man, this is rough." Like she had a, a great character. Um, well, and she's, she's very, very young. She's very young. She's like twenty one. Yeah. Um, and but, she's she's a slight person. She is a small, so slight like person. her main ability like her strongest suit is you know flips off the top rope and yeah stuff, like aerial stuff i think she's been her moonsaults have been looking really good they look impactful which is good they look like heavy and impactful and she's been using a submission finisher which i think is great for a a smaller wrestler especially against somebody like chris statlander who's yeah. got a size and power advantage over most of her opponents yeah um and so they they did a great match. You know, Chris Statlander's been great. And she's really, especially since that Jade Cargill match, has really been, like, hitting her stride as champion. Yeah. Um, and I think she is... I just realized we haven't seen Britt Baker in a couple weeks. She lost to uh, Chris Statlander in a TBS title match on Collision a few weeks ago, and she mm -hmm. hasn't been on TV since, which... No, well, there's not a lot of opportunities to get on TV when you're a woman at AEW. I mean, that's true. But also, it's probably good for somebody like Britt Baker to be gone for a while. S similar to, like, a John Moxley, somebody who's on a lot it's good to 
cycle them out for a while. Yeah, then I it, agree. Because in Britt Baker's absence, then you can get like a Tony Storm to be, you know. So, but anyway, uh, it, Wrestle Dream was a great show. I'm not going to get too into the weeds because we have so much to talk about. But it was uh, Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. was great. Swerve versus Hangman Adam Page was fantastic. Um, and then the main event was also great. A lot of matches felt different. There were probably too many matches. I felt a little bad. I didn't care that much about FTR versus Aussie Open, which is weird because I've seen that match before and it was great. And I was excited to see it, but it just felt like even the crowd felt like a little bit tired because we were ready. There was only there was only the main event after that. Everybody was excited to see someone potentially debut. And we just kind of wanted to get there at that point. Uh, and someone potentially debuting, eh? That's right. Was there a debut that we have yet to talk about on this here little podcast? There was. It was the Rated R Superstar, or the Rated R Superstar, as Taz said on commentary, Adam Copeland. Oh, Taz. Adam Copeland, formerly known as Edge in WWE for basically his entire career. I mean, he was really, he only wrestled outside of WWE for like uh, the early 90s because he signed there in like 97 or something. Mm. It was only for a couple of years, less than 10 years for sure, that he wrestled outside of WWE. Um, and then he signed there and he's been wrestled basically his entire career there. So it's very weird to call him anything other than Edge. I've never known him as anything other than Edge. Other well, than... you better get used to it, babe. Because he's not Edge anymore. No, he's the rated R superstar Adam Copeland. I My pitch was just call him Edge, but spell it EJ. We could call him Crease or... Um, Cliff. Cliff or... is very funny because it just sounds like a guy's name that from work that you know. Like Border, we could call him like um, Verd? Crack. We could call him Crack. Crack would be such. A... Just trying to think of crack. other words that that are similar to what are synonyms for Edge. Uh, I, some some of that I've seen were Verge, which is kind of fun. Oh, that's pretty funny. Uh, end. That's funny. End is pretty cool. There was another one. Um. Uh, I mean, I still think EJ is kind of a fun one. Extremity. Extremity. Fringe. I could see. Let me say, let me say these like Excalibur and see okay. how it sounds. Extremity hitting the ring. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Fringe. Fringe coming out to help the uh, Darby Allen. Brink. Brink hitting the combination. These are good. Yeah, Brink is kind of fun. Rim. Rim is funny. Rim is a good one. Rim. Rim he can't lose. Because if Rim loses, he's got to do the job. Oh, no. The Rim I feel like job. MJF, if you're watching this, for whatever reason, you should you call him Rim as uh, during one of your promos in your inevitable rivalry. I did see someone saying that uh, Max... This is not an original thought from me, but someone I don't remember who's, I, where I saw this, but it was uh, somebody that said that Max Caster is most likely going to do a rap about edging at some point. Oh, that's pretty him. funny. Um, yeah, um, creep is another one. Like edge the the verb, mm, you know? Yeah, like creep. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, advantage. Advantage. With the advantage. Yeah. No, but he's Adam Copeland. It's just. I know that Adam Copeland is not a bad ring name. It's just a very normal name. And it's just hard because they can't use 
the name that we all know. It's like if Sting had a debut with Steve Borden and they just called him Steve Borden. It's also annoying because there, as you've pointed out, there are a number of Adams in AEW now. Yeah, there's already they could do so, a whole faction. Like if they could have just called him Adam, I think that would be pretty cool because yeah. Adam is like the first man. Oh, that's kind of cool too. Yeah, so it's like there's definitely going to be a lot of people going Adam Colpland. Yeah, that's going to be happening. It's going to be me, Hangman that's Adam Copeland. Oh doing. yeah, you I mean, you are already having trouble. I'm going to be two. like Adam Pageman. Well, this Adam's older than the other two, so maybe that'll he does, and yeah. he's like twice the size. I of, know at who least Adam, Adam Copeland is, and also I remember it because Copeland is also a composer. Yeah, of course. Yeah, which I was like honestly like he should have come out to a a Copeland symphony. Oh yeah, he is a, a big music guy. That's why he named his daughter yeah. Lyric. Well, he's... the 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 song he does come out to Metalingus uh, was given to him by the the people who wrote it because he's friends with the band. Yeah, and it's like it. Uh, just a song from their album so it's not like mm-hmm. a wwe produced thing so like you can just yeah i mean that's what happened with ruby soho she yeah uh the one of the guys from rancid just like let her use it yeah uh, but that was an exciting debut it seemed it, i watched it even though i didn't watch wrestle dream i watched the clips. it was like it, s- several million views on youtube because they had the whole thing um and it was very cool it was kind of like their cody rhodes moment because cody rhodes returned to wwe with his full like aw entrance and look and everything like the whole same thing uh because his music also is something that i think like he commissioned uh so they can use it there and so he adam copeland showed up with his same he was edge in all but name and the rated r superstar which apparently they lapsed on the copyright for so he just took it awesome but yeah it was cool i mean it's cool for him to be there because I he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. He got me through like the mid two thousands too, and it was just like John Cena for days, and it was like Edge was one of the few guys that was like, you know, somebody I liked that was getting any sort of main event time. Um, and he makes Renee Paquette so happy, you he guys. Made everybody so on Dynamite. Dynamite was phenomenal this week. It was just like such a good episode, and it was so feel good. And everybody was so everybody just felt so happy. Yeah, especially whenever he showed up. Like you said, Renee was like, so happy. He shows up in a promo with Jericho and Kenny Omega, and it, like Renee's face just lights up in yeah. a way that I've never seen. I don't even see her like a John Moxley. Oh, that way. No, <laughs> I like, was thinking that. I was like, she doesn't even light up like this when her husband shows up. Yeah, it's I've only seen her look at two people that way. Her daughter and Edge. (laughs) But it's fun. It's just like it feels good to have him around because he didn't have to be there. You know what I mean? Like I know that maybe they'll book him in a higher spot than WWE was willing to because I do think there is some element of like under Vince McMahon, the legends were booked like very, that we were focused on the legends a lot, which is like a common complaint. But Triple H, I think, is using the legends like Edge like to, to enhance in a way that like a new Japan would, or even AEW does that a lot with like Sting and Jeff Jarrett, you know, like they're the older guys are not necessarily the focus. Um, and I, I don't necessarily know that edge is there to like win world titles, but I I think that edge wanted to not just be like, Hey, here's edge in a match, you know, remember edge. Um, I think he wants to do something creative. I, again, I don't think he's there to be like, look, you better give me the world title. I'm fucking he, got, sounded, like, I just, he sounded so excited he's, when they were doing the post scrum, uh, the media scrum after Russell dream. And he was describing filming the muscle car mm-hmm. promo entrance before he makes his debut. They show this like muscle car driving down the street. And he was like really excitedly talking about filming that and how he was in a car in front of that car holding the cameraman out the window and they were just filming it. And like, 
he was just he just was giddy talking about it. Yeah. And I think he just like loves the idea of being back in a promote in a in a less corporate like not that it's not corporate, but I imagine it's a lot less. I, I imagine it feels a lot more like a startup yes, compared to like what WWE <laughs> feels like. Because think... WWE has like this, you know, decades of tradition and people who've been there for 20 years and they know what they do and they only I mean, do what they do. Whereas AEW is like a place where it probably feels like people are still figuring things out. Yeah. And so there's room to like do crazy stuff. You can experiment and try things and like, you know. And just There's... like do things yourself, and 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 because also AW doesn't have writers and stuff. Yeah, it's like just... WWE has a whole production team where I imagine the talent is actually probably not that involved in production. I yeah, I don't think that they are. I think you can kind of maybe pitch ideas, and you might be able to like change a script a little bit depending on who you are. Some people are probably allowed to improvise more. I'd say Cody Rhodes probably has a lot more creative freedom in what he says, uh, but that's probably something that he negotiated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Edge, I think, is very Adam Copeland, I think, is very excited to be there and just do stuff. You know, I mean, like he just even getting to interact with Christian at this point is not something he's really been able to do. They had their one. I mean, they were both retired for a long time. Um, and Christian is a guy that never, you know, Edge never left. Yeah. Christian has never been afraid to leave WWE because he was like the first big WWE star that left WWE voluntarily and went to TNA. Mm. That was a huge deal in like the end of 2005. Mm-hmm. It was big. And then Kurt Angle did it a few months later mm. or like a year later or something. And that was, it was like this huge deal. Um, and then he came back to WWE and was like higher up the car. But Christian also didn't get like Christian had a great career in WWE as a tag team wrestler. And even as a singles wrestler had a lot of great runs, had a couple world titles, but he never had the like, the backing and the solid main event spot that edge did. And even edge had to like fight with John Cena a lot. Like, cause edge was never the guy either, but edge had a much better, more solidified main event spot and the company backing than Christian did. So Christian was never afraid to leave. Mm-hmm. And Christian even did that. He came back, he was in the Royal rumble and then he immediately went to AEW. Yeah. Um, and so I think I'm excited to see Adam Copeland have this like creative freedom to try new things. Um, and we saw that on dynamite when he came back and he did a great promo, you know, I don't mind him coming back and doing the, basically just being edge right now. Yeah. Cause it's familiar and it's fun and it's exciting, but I, I, I'm excited to see him evolve away from it into something else. Cause Christian's also a guy that has never been afraid to, it's similar to a Chris Jericho, never been afraid to evolve his character. He's never, he hasn't been the same guy the whole time. Like in WWE, he wasn't wearing a turtleneck and talking about people's dead fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a new thing. Yeah. I'm curious how, do you think the turtleneck is, is long for this world now? Well, it cost him a fall. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, which was great, man. What a great match. Christian's one of the best in-ring performers I've ever seen for so many reasons. Cause he is really good in the ring and he's one of the smoothest wrestlers I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Everything he does looks great and like basically perfect, even at like 50 years old. Um, but he's also so good at all his character things. It's just, it's also funny when you see somebody like Adam Copeland who would talk about how it was hard for him to get to WWE and on like, you know, they would treat guys like Edge and Christian. Christian is a little bit smaller-ish, but he is still like six feet tall. Um, but you would see guys like Edge and Christian and the Hardys and they would be like these smaller guy they would treat him like they were these smaller high-flying guys and they were a little bit smaller than like the rock 
you know, in the undertaker and they did do high flying moves. Then you see him against like Adam Cole and stuff. And it's like, these guys are massive. Edge is huge. He's like six, five. Yeah. Like the, he's a huge man. Yeah. Um, I mean, compared to Luchasaurus, they're not, but, but yeah. no, but he's like the same size as Luchasaurus. So you see like <laughs> Luchasaurus is like this massive guy when he's with jungle boy, he's a dinosaur. But when you see him with edge, it's like the same, you know, um, but yeah, it's very fun, and they already had the rated R era has begun, um, because after Edge gave a very passionate, after Adam Copeland gave a very passionate speech about he was there, he did a great job of saying, so like his interview thing that he would talk about is like his daughters told him go to AEW and have fun with Uncle Jay, yeah, which is uh, Christian, and so they made like a kayfabe version of that. Where it's like, you know, in reality, he means he's going to go there and, like, do this feud with him and, like, mm-hmm. try stuff and have fun. Yeah. Uh, and do things that, like, Christian has been able to do. And then in in, in the show, his character is like, oh, yeah, go have fun with him. I'm going to go be a tag team with him again because we haven't been able to do that. And then it organically becomes a feud, which is, like, he hugged brilliant. Him and, he hugged him and then Christian, while they were hugging, while they were hugging, mm-hmm. said, go fuck yourself. That was great. The rated R era has begun. I read the when I was trying to do notes for this podcast, I read the AEW's official recap on their website. Uh and it, they quoted it as go to hell. Tony. It's the rated R era. It is the rated R era. This isn't a movie on this Comedy is, Central where we're This is for grown-ups. Subbing in, you know. Yeah, what do they what do they have in half baked for the have you ever sucked pudding? For coke well, wine? no, this have you ever sucked okay. feet for coke? Oh yeah, <laughs> have you ever sucked feet for some marijuana? I sucked feet for coke, and then uh, he at one point says pudding for another thing, and then uh, but the favorite, but the best one I've ever seen was in the Big Lebowski. There's a part where John Goodman's character is screaming, "Do you see what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass?" And then in the Comedy Central version is, do you see what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps? Ah. I think somebody made an album out of that. I think there was a, a musical artist that has an album called Stranger in the Alps or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but then actually Collision, I think another example of how we're in the rated R era, because it was ass night on Collision. Let me tell you, there was the Iron Savages in one match. This one guy was like, I don't remember what it what the 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 catalyst for this was, but he just did something where he motioned that he was eating ass. He just went like, blah, 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 and it's now their oh, gimmick. Wasn't it like when they were fighting the acclaimed or something? They might. Well, they were fighting the acclaimed last night, which was happened. It might have been but the I, acclaimed. But I saw. Again. I did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know who? You know who might have been? Might have been they were fighting Bullet Club Gold because they are the ass boys, the guns. Yeah. Yeah, maybe something because I think the crowd was chanting something and he did it in response to it initially. Yeah, um, and now it's basically their whole gimmick, and they just talk about eating it. Like they even put that's their catchphrase now. We're gonna do something and eat that ass, <laughs> and then the whole thing because they're fighting daddy ass, and the whole thing yeah. is about eating ass. And and I was like, these guys are gonna come out dressed like Rikishi next week with <laughs> his like in the thong and stuff. And then later on in the night, Tony Storm and Kira Hogan. Kira Hogan was chopping Tony Storm's ass. Yeah. And then at one point, Tony Storm bit Kira Hogan's ass. I'm like, this is... And not just bit it once. Like, yeah. Like, it looked like, yeah. And Tony's talking about titty slaps and all this stuff. And it's just like, it really is the rated R era. We're yeah, going to... they are building their own little attitude era. They are. 
It's uh, uh, quite funny. But it was it was a fun show. Uh, Collision. I mean, AEW really. I thought they had a great week. Collision was a great show. It was. It felt more subdued than uh, Wrestle Dream and Dynamite. But uh, I think that was because they had hot, big hot crowds, and Collision had a hot crowd. But it did seem a little bit lightly attended because I could see yeah. it. You could see it because it was dark, but also you could see it during Ricky Starks' entrance. Yeah, they had a lot of empty seats yeah. in like the lower bowl behind the ring where you yeah. can't you can't hide them. Yeah, so. so it was rough. But Ricky Starks finally has a, a real belt. Yeah. He was the king of the fake belts for a while because he won the FTW title, which is not an officially sanctioned belt, and he got that Owen Hart Cup ceremonial belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now he finally has an actual belt. He's yeah, a tag team champion, Big Bill, which I think was Congrats, a great choice. Ricky. Proud of you, bro. Stay in AEW because actually that was something I wanted to talk about. The pebble got bigger. He did. He's a full-grown boulder now. But I wanted to talk about this, and I feel like this is a good transition. There's a big so Jade Cargill's with WWE. Yeah. Adam Copeland is with AEW. Yeah. I've seen people going back and forth, Mm -hmm. and I'm hearing a lot of rumors that this is going to be a big. It's going to happen more and more, which is fair. And I like people being able to go back and forth. I don't, you know, I don't begrudge people going to WWE. I get that. I want everybody to go to whatever promotion fits them the best for whatever part of their career they're in. You know what I mean? Like Jade Cargill, it makes sense for her to go to WWE. It made sense for Cody Rhodes to go back to WWE. It makes sense for Adam Copeland, who wanted creative freedom to go to AEW. You know, it makes sense for somebody from the indies a lot of times to go to AEW or, you know what I mean? Like, it makes sense. Go where it makes sense for you to go. Sometimes it makes sense to go to Impact or New Japan or whatever. That's what I love about having multiple promotions. But I have been seeing people being like, it seems like we don't want to fall into a thing, or AEW doesn't want to fall into a thing where the older WWE people go to AEW and the younger AEW people go to WWE because that is what killed WCW because they would take Hulk Hogan and he would ruin everything. And then they lost Steve Austin because he got frustrated and yeah. went to WWF. Yeah. If you're using the older talent to like stymie your new talent. Yeah. And I don't think AEW does that that much. Like Chris Jericho mostly puts over younger people. Christian is putting over tons well, I mean, I of think younger it's people. Like, I think it's I don't tricky think because like, do that either. if you look at people like Jade Cargill, I mean, it's obvious Jade left because she was going to get more opportunity in WWE. And like, I think for the women, it's a bigger risk than it is for the men maybe because there's more opportunity because they book the men more. Yeah. And I think that's, that was part of my point here because I love timeless Tony storm. Yeah. If you haven't seen timeless Tony storm, we love timeless Tony storm. and the crowd loves timeless Tony storm. Yes. She's over as hell. And she was on Dynamite and Collision. And she's a great example of what you can do when you let... She's a great example of somebody like an Adam Copeland who can come over and like do this character that maybe she wouldn't have been able to find in WWE. I mean, I know that they have big characters, but you're not always able to like find it because they just kind of sometimes give you a character and you just do the same beat over and over again. This was yeah. allowed to evolve. So she's a great example of what we can do with the women's division. She doesn't need a belt. This no. happened because she lost a belt. Yeah, I think she shouldn't have a belt. I think exactly. she should just be an agent of chaos. I do think she runs the risk long term of ending up in like the Nikki Cross like purgatory where she's just a character that's so crazy and kind of brainless that like she gets like sidelined for a lot of things because like you can't uh, like they, they don't know what to do with those types of characters. I think a lot of the time. And I feel like with like people like Nikki Cross, you would just like slowly see less of her because it's like well, we can kind of do things with her, but like we don't really know what to do with the Mad Woman character, you know? Yeah, I mean, but I, I do like it, and I hope it continues, and I hope they do 
right for it in a way that makes sense. Me too. And I think it's a great example of what we can do with the women's roster. You know, you can have her be yeah. there and like be a character and having real feuds with people that yeah. aren't involving titles. Uh, and you can do that with everyone because they have a great women's roster. You know, I, I watched a little bit of ROH this week and saw Athena defend her title against legit Layla Hirsch. And they had a whole thing with her and Billy Starks. And Billy Starks is like convinced, convinced her not to like beat up Layla Hirsch more after the match. And <laughs> Athena begrudgingly did it. Oh, Billy. And so it's like, we can have these characters. And I think that is something they should really focus on. Yeah. Because I think you want to keep, you know, cause Tony storm is a great example of one of these like ex WWE people that, and she is very young. I know she was in WWE, but she might as well be the same as like Ricky Starks for how young she is. I mean, she's younger than Ricky. She's not even thinking she's 30. Uh, and she, you know, she has this character now. She's dialed in. She's checked in and she's doing something fulfilling there. So you're not getting this thing where it's like maybe, a, you know, there are rumors like somebody like a Malachi Black or an Andrade or just kind of waiting yeah. to go back to WWE. And it's like, if you if you make it worthwhile for them to stay, they can help. They can stay and help build that brand. And I think you should really focus on the women's roster because, like you said, right now nobody's getting that opportunity. So it almost make, it doesn't even make sense for a lot of people to sign with AEW if they're a, a woman. Yeah, um, and I, you're never going to be on TV because there there are rumors that they're going to sign this uh, wrestler named Mariah May, who is a really a British wrestler, and she was in Stardom, and they're going to bring her in. I'm like, this is great. Bring her in, push her, maybe put her with Tony Storm or something. You know what I mean? Like make this a priority because you don't even if you like i don't think this is the same as wcw i don't think adam copeland coming in is going to be the same as like hollywood hogan i think that adam copeland is there to help i think he's there to do the things that cm punk kept saying he was going to do i think he will be there as like to help draw help draw help guys over help put guys over help people grow like help give advice all that stuff i think that's something that he's definitely going to do and i don't think that he's there to like you know, take all this spotlight from somebody else in the way that like Hulk Hogan did. Um, but still it is a situation where you want to make sure that Ricky Stark stays, you know what I mean? You want to make sure that, yeah. Uh, well, Eddie Kingston is probably going to stay, but like, you know, like you want to make sure that people that are homegrown talents stay, even hangman. It's good that the elite didn't leave, but like younger people, cause if like you can get younger people to sign from like GCW to AEW because it's a big upgrade for them. But you got to make sure that they stay after that initial contract. Yeah. They just put my guy Powerhouse Hobbs in the, the Don Callis family, yeah. which, which is, is great. Yeah. Feature him. Don't let him go. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, and I think that that's... And also, don't put it all on Tony Storm. Don't like have Tony Storm on every single show because she's over. You know, use Tony Storm on one show. Or sometimes, and then use other people so that you have a whole roster of people that are as over as Tony Storm. You have multiple Tony Storms. Yeah. That was my take on it. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I like Tony Storm, and I think they should keep booking her. It's great. great. Then it's decided. <laughs> well, don't fire her. Um, well, did you want to talk about Fastlane and XT? Trying to think. Yeah, let's just do that real quick. Uh, so I watched Fastlane as well. And, uh, you know, Fastlane was. A, fine show you know it's like hot crowd you know everything looked great um it was probably a cool show if you're in indianapolis and it's like oh it's big wwe show the opening match and the main event were both good 
the middle was fine. I mean, it was like, you know, it just was a very, I don't know. There was nothing wrong with the show. I think they set up kind of a high standard up until SummerSlam this year. Like a lot of their pay-per-views were very good. What John's trying to say in his John way uh, is that Fastlane was kind of boring. Um, And he's not going to say that. He's going to say it's fine. It did what it did. Blah, blah, blah. Because bless you, you're a little bit allergic to giving criticism. (laughs) But like, (laughs) unless something pisses you off. Yeah, that's true. But like, you know, it was like I watched... It. I watched a lot of it with you. Mm-hmm. I think I watched maybe. You watched all but the main event. I think. Yeah, I think I went to bed before the main event because I was very tired. But it was like fine. Like I didn't. I didn't see really anything on it that I was like, oh, this is amazing. Even the like, Io Sky, yeah, the Charlotte match Flair was like, match was like fine. It was know? like very, like Io and Oscar had a much better more interesting match a couple weeks ago on SmackDown. Yeah. The only reason I was even invested in it or nervous about it at all was because they showed Jade Cargill showing Mm -hmm. up right beforehand. So I was slightly nervous they were going to take the belt off EO and give it to Charlotte so Mm -hmm. that Jade could come out and challenge and they could have like a big girl fight. Yeah. But like, I am happy that didn't happen. Um, But that was the only reason I was even slightly like invested in that because I was like, oh no, are they going to take it off EO? Yeah. Um, because otherwise it was, I mean, and they, you know, they're great performers, all of them. But I, I know. just, you know, Charlotte Flair has been getting this kind of like Randy Orton disease where she just like, when she cares, she does a great job. You can tell when she's not that invested. Yeah. Randy Orton would do the same thing. He could have a killer match, but like, if he didn't really care that much about what he was doing, or there wasn't much of a... I don't know if he wasn't if he didn't give a shit you could tell it also just wasn't clear to me and to be fair I don't really watch Raw and Smackdown outside of the social media clips but like why were the three of them in this match I don't know Charlotte's always kind of there like when she's when she's around she's just kind of involved she sat and watched the EO Asuka match on Smackdown a couple weeks before but it didn't like I, I can't figure out how narratively you get from that to the three of them in a match I don't know that there is a narrative reason. I mean, WWE, <laughs> as much as they love to say that they tell stories, they skip most of the beats a lot of times. Yeah. WWE is like bloodline, which is like, you know, breaking bad levels of detail and wrestling and like story and nuance. And then there's just like, I, I'm trying. And then the rest of it is like not even blues clues. It's yeah. like less than, it's like less than that. Like at least blues clues has like a lesson and a point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. A lot of times it's just nothing. Uh, and this is, you know, the Bailey thing that they're, I think they're eventually going to have Bailey and EO uh, as a thing. Um, yeah, which I don't like. Yeah, I, think, I mean. I, they're always trying to split damage control up and I don't like that. I, I could, want damage control to, to grow. I don't want them to shrink or divide. And then they did the other thing that I didn't like, which is they've now made Rhea like the manager of Judgment Day. Yeah, it's very. Which f- feels silly because she's like. <laughs> She's not a Paul Heyman. She's a Roman Reigns. They called her the leader, <laughs> which I think they're trying to, they think sounds like empowering, but basically what they mean is the manager. Yeah. Also, the <laughs> the first show where they're saying that Rhea Ripley is the leader of the group, they lost the tag team titles. Yeah. So what is that trying to say? Which was also very annoying. And like, because I loved the whole, the bloodline has fallen thing that she yeah. did. And I think that was the the thing to chase was just like build Judgment Day up as like the new bloodline, give them all the belts and make them these oppressive, like badass overlords that like 
run this place yeah. you know why can't we just do that why do we have to do this weird thing where like Rhea's talking to Paul I mean I liked the clip of Rhea talking to Paul Heyman and saying acknowledge me yeah but then they didn't follow through on that like sense of her being the Roman you know yeah. like people in the comments on that clip on social media were even they're going Rhea versus Roman oh my god Rhea versus Roman like people were like flipping their lid because as I believe we've even said on this podcast before People would go nuts for Rhea Ripley versus Roman Reigns. Match. Oh, of course, yes. People would lose their absolute. Can you imagine if Becky minds. Lynch would like challenged, of like you know the Universal Champion? I think that'd be bigger. I think that would be a bigger WrestleMania event than almost anything else you could book. Because it, it would be It'd be unprecedented. It would be unprecedented. It would be a huge. China was over. Yeah. China going against like when China was going for the Intercontinental Title, she challenged for the World Title a couple times. Like she was over. And I know? like China. And this is no shade to China, but like Rhea Ripley is like her own like amazing people. People are obsessed with Rhea Ripley. Yeah, I'm just saying China with Rhea. China was the like the only woman they've ever had challenge for these titles, or she was she was the Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, it's just yeah. I think it would be huge, and I think they're making a mistake by kind of sidestepping that and going, oh no, no, she's just like the manager of this stable of men who've lost a belt. And, and she never defends her title. Yeah. And really doesn't wrestle as much as, as we would like to see her, but not in a way that's like Roman Reigns doesn't wrestle that much. They don't know what they have sometimes, those WWE folks. They don't know what they have. They don't. There's a lot going on. And it's just very. I like Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso. I actually really like the Jey Uso story where he's like, screw the bloodline. I'm going to go do my own thing on Raw. And then when he's on Raw, all these people that he helped screw over. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when he was helping Roman Reigns and the bloodline are all like, I don't trust you. And then there's like Sami Zayn, who is his friend, is like, I trust you and I'm going to stand by you. And Cody Rhodes, who is forgiving and wants a second chance, wants to give him a second chance. is right. But like Kevin Owens doesn't really trust him. Drew McIntyre doesn't trust him to the point that it's turning Drew McIntyre heel. Here's a question. Do you trust him? Yes. You trust the him? character of Jey Uso? I think he's. I you think do? He, I think he's uh like in the kayfabe world. Like if I'm analyzing this, like I, like you were to ask me, like, do you trust uh, John Snow or whatever? I'd be like, yeah. I think his I think his character is oh, you genuinely. Think he's like John Snow, eh? That's pretty. I kind of actually. That's kind he of is, a lofty he, comparison. John is, Snow is famously one of the most like morally sound characters in fiction. Yeah, like it, the it good guy. Really highlights in Game of Thrones where most characters are not. Um, or not so right no i know James, that's... that's why the bloodline is stupid now is because he was the protagonist of it and mm-hmm. now he's not in it anymore he's doing his own story which is fine and his mm-hmm. story is working the bloodline is silly yeah so he's very uh he it's i don't know i like them and i don't mind them winning the tag team titles but it does seem silly that they're bi- it's very wwe to like start building this team up this, of judgment day and then having them lose a bunch yeah. Also, we're talking about who's the biggest faction. Who are the biggest factions in WWE? We're talking about Bailey and EO Sky potentially breaking up, and it's like that's what a faction is in WWE. They're either about to break up for seven months, or they break up. That's like you—you you always are on the verge of breaking up yeah. in WWE because they—I—I I don't know. Honestly, I, I understand the the drama, but it's like the Bloodline was cool for a while because they're like they were just an elite faction. You know how they could save it. Um... So I feel like the Judgment Day's loss at Fastlane was 
definitely something that narratively should hopefully instigate a fallout between Finn Balor and the rest of the crew because it's Finn's friend JD McDonough. McDonough Judgment Day McDonough. Uh, They caused the loss because Finn took the pin and JD distracted Damien or whatever and caused him to get. He accidentally hit him with the money in the bank briefcase and his injured leg. Caused him to get knocked out. Um, But I feel like if they expel Finn, which would be sad, but you know, okay, sure. This is narrative progression here. Expel Finn, let him spiral off into a world of madness as a demon because mm-hmm. he was rejected by his friends. And then maybe they take in EO when she she's goth. when she has a fallout with Bailey. She's goth, she's got that cool entrance, she has a mm-hmm. belt. Champion. Gonna unify both women's champions could unify the women's champions and lead to a reign of terror anyway that's my pitch for how they could salvage this but otherwise i'm pretty annoyed with how it's well, going this isn't the fantasy booking thing so i mean yeah okay fine jumping ahead now all right uh fine. yeah i mean that's fine i mean, we'll see i've uh, you know when wwe was like the only thing to watch when it was like the only easily accessible wrestling i used to get very upset about where it should go and like what I wanted to see. And now I'm just like, yeah, I mean, whatever you want to do. Yeah. I mean, I get excited for stuff, but it is kind of like, I think you told me at one point you had to like, stop, like kind of, uh, stop emotionally investing in college football. Oh, because yeah. the University of Nebraska was so bad that you yeah. couldn't like. I don't it was I, like. Just I don't watch football. Anymore. But then it's like once you don't care about it anymore, like once you aren't emotionally invested anymore, it's like kind of hard to even care about it. Yeah. So, but that's like what WWE is a little bit because like the main event was a very good match. It was probably one of the la- best last man standing matches they've ever done. Not Shinsuke Nakamura looks fantastic. You know, they really were like being pretty brutal with each other. It was a very good match. But even still, I just like don't. I just didn't. I think part of it is I didn't believe for even a second that Seth Rollins was going to lose. And yeah. I like Seth Rollins a lot, and I like this this title reign. I think he should have like a a solid title reign to help establish this title as being important. But it's also like, all right. I mean, he keep they keep putting him against people I want to see win it more. Finn Balor and Shinsuke Nakamura, and he just, and they give them good stories, which is good. This is all good. This is all what you want to do. But they keep. I just want to see them win it more, and he keeps beating them twice. Um, and it's just like, all right, now who's it's, you know who's good? They're going to challenge Cody Rhodes can challenge him next. Can I just say that to the point of how boring Fastlane was? I'm pretty sure you and I called the end of every single match except for the Judgment Day losing. Yeah, that was probably. I'm pretty the, sure every single match we watched, we knew exactly who was going to win. Well, the second one was. I mean, I would have known once I saw Carlito show up. Which is welcome oh, back, right? Because we accidentally, I actually started... saw it because Peacock doesn't let you restart something. <laughs> you have to start that, live and it's rewind. Like you knew they weren't going to have Rey Mysterio in a handicap match lose. Like that's yeah. so and like not just how it works. No, and you're also once Carlito's there, it's like, well, was he going to come back and lose immediately? Yeah. So that match was weird too. It was a lot of hot tags. I think I was explaining hot tags where it's yeah. like. WWE pretty much every tag team match is the same structure, and it's a valid structure of tag team match, and it is a very logical, sort of realistic one, uh, where it's like you know the babyface team, one of the guys is getting beaten down for a lot of it, and then they finally and they can't make the tag, came in the tag, and the crowd is like, oh, you gotta make the tag, you know, because you're hurt, yeah. and they finally do, and the other partner comes in and they're to just start beating everybody up, but it's like. Every WWE tag team match is like that, and there were three of them on this show. Yeah. Uh, and like the the tag title match was a really good version of that, and it worked really well. 
and it was chaotic and there was a lot going on. But then like the John Cena LA Knight thing was like ostensibly that was a well worked yeah. match. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually ostensibly that was a well worked match, right? That was like Yeah, but we John don't need to Cena. make excuses for these people. They should have a well worked match. It's John Cena. I know. He's been doing this for thirty years. He, if was... he can't do a well worked match. He should, you know, he shouldn't even be in the room. But of course, he can do a well-worked match. Yeah, and he was like a full cartoon in this, just like the. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, crawling. he's been getting more and more cartoony. Yeah, he really because he, he has to sell so that he doesn't have to take crazy bumps. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and it was, but he worked most of the match still. But it was just like, yeah, he did wrestle a lot. I it was, was kind of impressed it, at how much he wrestled. It went on for so long because they only had five matches, so every match got like fifteen minutes or yeah. more, which is cool. But like, I like that idea they did that at Payback too, where it's like. I'll let matches breathe because AEW is doing like, you know, too many matches, um, which they're still good, but like sometimes it's, it's too much. But WWE is like some things like last week, last month it was Miz and LA night. Mm-hmm. And like that match didn't need to be 15. But also long. like, can I just quote Effie for a minute? Sure. Cause I get Effie clips from his podcast on my TikTok a lot. Mm-hmm. And Effie pointed out that sometimes you don't like people chase the longer matches because they think that's like, the Dave Meltzer five-star match formula is to have like a super long match. But like, he's like, what's the point of having a super long match if it's boring? Like if you, you can do as much in five minutes as you can in 45, if you're working, you know, that was my criticism. A lot of, uh, that was a summary of his quote. It was my criticism. A lot of like later triple H WrestleMania matches. Cause they'd be like, he would have matched against like Brock Lesnar and Batista. And they're like, this would be great if it was 10 to 15 minutes, but it's 27. Yeah. And I was like, we could cut out 10 minutes of suplexes on this and have it be. And actually Brock Lesnar figured that out because Brock Lesnar matches are, I mean, they, uh, they've gotten a little bit boring themselves too now. Cause he does, cause it's the same formula, but it's like when he started doing the like five to 10 minute matches and it's like, this could end at any moment. Yeah. You know? And I like that. Honestly, like I think, really the only time you should have a super long match is when it's a big like the MJF matches that have been like you know the hour long Iron the Iron Man match and like stuff like that the stuff that you're really building to that's like a feature yeah. presentation I think that's the stuff that should be really long I think everything yeah. else should be between 5, 10, 15 minutes yeah 15 minutes at for most. <laughs> 15 minutes is a and long fi- match. Yeah, 15 minutes is a very long match. 15 minutes especially because like 10 you to 15. know for like a good like four minutes of that match it's just going to be people catching their breath yeah 10 like, to 15 minutes 15 minutes long match you're still only getting about 10 minutes of actual wrestling yeah 10 to 15 minutes is like for a mid-card match or an open like that's a long time you know yeah it's um, very long it's it's sometimes it's not worth it but yeah it's that is what it is uh but you know it was fine and seth rollins did a great job and shinsuke nakamura looked a lot better but uh, I was going to talk about NXT a little bit, but uh, the, I'll just say that their last show, No Mercy, was good. Uh, you know, I mean, the first couple matches were kind of whatever. I, Baron Corbin doesn't really do much for me anymore. Uh, but most of the matches were good. Main events were really good. Um, and NXT seems like it's been... Well, been sounds like really you just talked about better. NXT. Yeah. Um, but I want to get to <laughs> I like the how show you're like, that you... I was going to talk about NXT, but... And then you proceed to talk about NXT. I talked about... Well, I could have talked about it, though. Yeah, I could have talked about it. There, with John, there's talking, and then there's talking. There's talking. Uh, so I want to talk uh, about well, your... How, how was my week? Is this what I'm yeah, hearing? Yeah, now we get to finally hear what Anne thinks. Me? Well... Hang if you on. don't want to, we can move on. No, I'm no, I'm so giddy. Let's move on. No, 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 no. I have a thing. I have a thing. So my big wrestling thing this week, like I watched Collision. I watched um, 
uh, Dynamite. I watched Fastlane with you. Mm-hmm. But my big wrestling journey adventure this week was attending a show called Chokehole. And Chokehole. it was Friday night. It was in Brooklyn. The show started, the doors opened at 10 p.m., which I didn't see until after I'd bought the ticket. Otherwise, I don't know that I would have made this journey. Yeah, I'm impressed you made it. <laughs> I am too. Definitely... Although, me and uh, a friend from work went and got um, coffee cocktails, like, ah, like cocktails great. with coffee in them great, before great. the show. We were great like, idea. let's meet up and at a bar and just have a couple of these and, and it'll keep us going. And it, it, did, it did, in fact, work. Like, it actually, I was very awake. Um, but I understand why people do cocaine now, the caffeine, caffeinating yourself to stay awake does work. Um, but it was drag wrestling and the show did not start until about 1130, which is another heroic thing I need to tell people because again, I was awake. I was invested. I wasn't pouting and like being like, Oh, I can't, when's it going to end? I was like a hero's journey. I was because it was also a great show. All right. Sorry to bury the lead. It was a fantastic show. And by that, I mean, it was like, even though it started late, it was, it was absolutely almost overstimulating. I mean, it was, it had a concept that was that we were in some kind of space dimension and there's a giant eyeball. The three walls of the room had video projection on them and they would play like promos from each of the wrestlers right before the match. So it's a very self-contained show. Like you don't have to have a lot of foreknowledge of any storylines or anything. Mm-hmm. Like they set everything up in the room, which is fantastic. You if don't you're have a to show like this. watch Monday Night Choke every week. Yeah, no, no, no. You don't have to watch Monday Night Choke, although I would love that. <laughs> Choke down. Um, and the concept is that we're in outer space, some kind of alien world. There's a big eyeball that can transport people from anywhere to anywhere. Mm. And so the eyeball transports people to fight in the ring. So we'll see promos of them out in their little world introducing themselves and like establishing a conflict. And then the eyeball will like bring them all into our ring world where we are. And then the eyeball will like create a like set around them. Like the video screens will turn into like a place like yeah, it looks very cool. Like uh, a gym or you know I can't remember what the other locations were. I just remember the gym because they made a joke about it. But um, that I can't say yet because I don't want to spoil who was fighting in the gym. But uh, they had a lot of really great characters. Like Laveau Contraire was a cult leader kind of like preacher lady who was fighting um garlic jr who's a pop star and a dragon ball uh, z character and a dragon ball z character apparently it's not a pun that's literally and that what the was, character's name is and one of the things that was great about all these matches is they had these gigantic paper mache props like garlic jr is a pop star so she has a gigantic microphone that she pulls out from under the ring and laveau contraire is a cult leader like like church pentecostal like evangelical lady Mm -hmm. so she has a giant crucifix she pulls out from under the ring and both of these props have the ability well any prop that someone would pull out would have the ability to be smashed into somebody and then explode into confetti wow so it was it was that was very cool um my friend and i who went we were like i wonder what this crowd will be like because it's not a typical wrestling show Mm -hmm. and we looking at the crowd we didn't see a lot of like me I described it as like, you know, people who seem autism adjacent like me. Mm. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if there's like if our if our like 
brethren are here, mm-hmm. but um, uh, it didn't matter because they were blasting music the whole time. And I mean, like, blasting That's a comedy music. wrestling tip. That's what yeah. comedy wrestling, like, XSW does like, during matches, so it's not, like, weirdly quiet because yeah. the crowd might not be... Like, the, the, the bass was thumping. It was a lot of... And they had to wait for the music to start because I think the match was probably timed to the music um, mm. because the DJ kept kind of messing up and uh-huh. the, the MCs, there were two MCs who were aliens and, uh, and Kodos. they kept like yelling at the DJ for messing up and being like, DJ, where's our music? And As they a- would have to vamp. But it was so funny because that's the kind of thing that you think would kill the momentum, but it didn't at all because it was so weird. And the MCs were actually really great. Like I- one of them was a green alien with like a big crazy nose who was like being crazy and then i'm so bad at describing this they're just being crazy you know yeah it's like a crazy show people were so crazy and then the other one was a lady who had a a machine gun for a leg oh like in um like in the grindhouse yeah grindhouse that's what it is uh yeah and so and she did like a whole halftime lip sync performance with a dance and we threw dollar bills for her and she was great. But they just had a lot of charisma, a lot of energy. And then it built towards, I think, the the final match, I'm pretty sure, was Eric Adams versus the head of security because Eric Adams tried to get into the wrestling show. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> as the head of security showed showed everybody by bringing this massive clipboard, massive <laughs> paper mache clipboard and no one is on the list. Wow. And uh yeah, and It's so exclusive there's no list. That's how exclusive it is. There is no list. Not even Eric Adams is on the list. And so they had a fight in the gym. The oh, eyeball okay. made it made it into a gym for them so they could fight each other. Um but it was a great show and it was also only I want to say an hour, an hour and fifteen long, mm-hmm. because oh, there beautiful. were like like, like Sukeban. Yeah, it was like Skabon. it was like four or five matches plus the halftime like lip sync drag performance. So they knew exactly how much of this we could take because mm-hmm. also it was very overstimulating because of the music, yeah, and the lighting and the props and like there's a big sword that's also a penis and like you know. Like, just, oh yes, was, yes, I saw it. It was a lot of very. That's the only way to describe it. Very highly sexual, obviously. Um, but it was a fantastic show. I would go again in a heartbeat. I thought it was something I was just going to have to survive because of how late it started, but I ended up thriving. That's and, great. Um, and the stage was, uh, the ring was raised a little bit, right? It was on a stage? Yeah, it was the same ring we've seen at um, the Queer Punk Outlaws shows. Yeah. Because the person who runs Queer Punk Outlaws was there. And built uh, the ring, And had built it? the ring. Yeah. And I talked to him ahead of time. Um, but the great thing was, because we've been to Queer Punk Outlaws show before, mm-hmm. and the trouble we had is because we got there kind of late. We were in the back and you couldn't really see because the, the ring is ground level. Yeah. And, um, so but, we're just standing around it. But it's just this, like, yeah. they had this, the ring raised on a stage mm-hmm. and I was in the front row actually. And my drink was actually set on the stage and I had to keep moving it. This, you'll like this. I was actually in a corner and, Almost and at first I'm like, oh wow, what great spot we got in right in the corner in the front row right here. And then uh the camera guy stands right in front of oh, us. Oh, this is great. <laughs> we 
Right? We've like, had this at at, ran- at collision. Yeah, it's like I somehow I managed to pick the camera angle for every wrestling show I you go to. You just have a good eye. I do. That's and, what it is. Yeah, and I feel bad because uh, much apologies to that camera guy. I did accidentally bump your legs like three times, and oh. I apologized every time. But I don't know if you could hear me over the music. Um, but it was a great. It was a really fantastic show. If you have the opportunity to see Choke Hole, I highly recommend it. It also was just so cool because it had. Like the alien concept, the built world that they had, mm-hmm. it's very like 90s MTV. You know ah, what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, remember 90s MTV when they would have like those crazy cartoons and animations yeah. that were kind of like gross and weird mm-hmm. and disturbing? Uh, it that was the aesthetic of it. Okay. And I really, I love that. it was, it's great for a wrestling show, especially. It's fantastic. Um, but yeah, I just loved it. What an idea for a show. I, yeah, what I want to go to the idea. next one. Yeah, you should. It's 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 it felt like a once in a lifetime experience. But they do travel around. I think they're from New Orleans. Um, that sounds like a New Orleans type they've, show. They've done another show in New York before, so they, you know, like they get around. Share some of or should steal some of this uh, video stuff. It sounds like a yeah. No, I mean it's a really it's a really great way to have a wrestling show. If you're not a company that's like on TV and can like keep people invested in long-term stories, mm-hmm. like I feel like GCW is just barely big enough to do that because yeah. you can watch them on fight. And so it's like, you can keep up with it. And a lot of people are, they, they post a lot of stuff on social media. Yeah. And so you can keep up with like storylines in a basic kind of yeah, general yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, this is obviously a show where people probably aren't going to keep up with the storylines. So yeah. It was perfect, and I loved the concept of it being in. Oh, it was sponsored by Squelch, which is a energy drink, you know, that these aliens are like addicted to. And they had a big can of Squelch, and they were stealing it from each other. And it was, it was great. Yeah, I want to go to the next one. I was visiting a friend who, well, I was uh, hanging out with a friend who was visiting mm-hmm. from out of town. Yeah, or else I would have gone to this one. Yeah, he would have. But I sent our field reporter in. Sent me in the field reporter, and I had the time of my life. It was fantastic. Well, that's great. Do you see any uh, big NXT superstars or WWE superstars or? No, but apparently you showed me on Instagram that behind me, up in the rafters, was uh, one of XSW's own Sazzy Boatwright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was exciting. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's very exciting. Uh, and maybe they'll be on the show next time. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, what was the wrestling like? Was it like? It was like some of it. Actually, like I was going to say it wasn't necessarily as huge a focus, but it, it, they did do spots. They did take bumps. Okay. So it was like it wasn't it wasn't like they were faux wrestling like yeah. they um, they did stuff off the top rope. I wouldn't say it was as athletic as like the most athletic but they wrestling like you'll they'd see. Been trained. It's not like, XSW but they did or... seem like people who'd been through. Yeah. They've obviously taken some wrestling training. They yeah. knew, they knew the safe way to do like jumps and flips off like the top me. rope. Um, no, 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 no. Like they weren't, no, they, no, no, they, no, they no, weren't no, pantom. Well, they weren't pantomiming. Yeah. 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 Uh, that kind of stuff. They were actually flipping off the top rope and yeah. stuff, but it wasn't like a moonsault type flip. It would just be like a thing where, you know, they would, somersault forward and the other person would act like they were throwing them so they were mm-hmm. kind of braced against that person um but yeah no the the wrestling was 
uh, quite interesting because they, yeah, but the matches weren't long either. You know, the matches, I don't think were more than 10 minutes each. No Iron so. Man matches. No, no like, Iron Man matches. See, you don't need to do 25 minutes. You don't. Sometimes you can make a lot of uh, a big splash with a, with a with little just a big splash in a, in a little bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there was, a, you know, there was one really cool move. I got to say where one of the wrestlers in the and they didn't use this in a fight i don't think they just did it to impress people when they were coming into the ring to impress me (laughs) they got up on the top rope and they they jumped down into a split like kind of doing the classic drag queen death drop it was it was a wrestling version of the classic death drop that drag queens do i don't know if you know what a death drop is I believe Michael Hartney has done Michael Hartney has done death drops on stage before at Maybe. UCB. Just... But like it's yeah, it's kind of where you fall back into a split so oh, that suddenly thing. Oh, it looks yeah. like you're dead. Yeah. It's oh like... wait, do you not... is it the thing where you like just fall back on your leg? Yeah, like one that? leg goes out, one leg yeah. goes back, and you're just kind of falling suddenly. Yeah, yeah. Um it was kind of I've a version that. of that, but it was off the top rope. So okay. it was like the oh, person cool. the person like jumped off the top rope and into a death drop and i was like that is really cool shinsuke nakamura kind of does that too Mm. a little bit Mm. um interesting anyway so that was what the wrestling was like it's a different it's different but it's yeah uh, yeah. but that's great i want to see it go see choke hole in your (laughs) city on instagram yeah find out when the next show is and uh now we're into shooting range pew 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 i didn't have a lot for this this week the big thing that i saw well, I guess there actually is kind of a, a one big thing. Um, which one do you want to talk about first here? Oh, now you know. I want to see what, you know, because I could go either way. One of them's short and the other one's longer, I think. Or maybe not. The, the, the one I'm thinking <laughs> might be longer might be. So CM Punk maybe is going to WWE. There's rumors that CM Punk is going back to WWE. A lot of that comes from House of Wrestling, who is kind of known to be like CM Punk's personal and can the I, rumor is that is like his personal so it could be kind of bullshit can I just kind of say the thing that you might not like to hear but it's my initial reaction to yeah. this who cares I think that's why <laughs> it's out there from there because it seems like it's him putting this stuff out there but, like my attitude towards it is like fine you know like uh, whatever dude I, like literally uh, I mean as somebody who was very personally invested in him before this AEW fiasco is like, it's just, I know he just needs money at this point, but like, it's just so sad to see him have to like be this much of a hypocrite to try to go back there. It's just as like yeah. kind of heartbreaking to see somebody be like, yeah, screw that place. You know, I, the, I was never going to get healthy by, uh, by staying in the place that made me sick in the first place is what he said. And now potentially trying to go back there. And it's just like, man, I, I, I don't think he would be able to get away with shit there anymore because I think that uh, they would just yeah, be like, well, all right, you're I, fired if I you start fighting reason, people. You know? I think the reason he probably wants to go back there is to prove to people that he can. Yeah. To prove to people that they'll take him and that AEW is the problem, you know? Yeah, and it wasn't That's him. what I think he's doing. And and they can have him for all I care, you know? Like, whatever, fine. Have him fight Cody and get beaten up by Brock Lesnar to within an inch of his life. You know, I whatever I, I mean you you care more about him than i yeah, do yeah. obviously but like my thing is like whatever i've moved on like part of what's been so fun about the edge stuff i did think this when we were watching uh dynamite last week is like 
part of what makes seeing Renee beam and like all these people yeah. be so happy, so much fun is like, I stop for a second and I think like, and nobody is even thinking about CM Punk right now. Like we're all just having fun watching a wrestling show. The crowd isn't booing at weird shit because they're like mad about whatever. Like we're just having fun at the wrestling show. And I think that that actually was something that I thought about while watching. It was like, because he is sort of almost replacing CM Punk in some yeah, ways. Yeah, definitely. And it's just like, this and it's feels all like good the, vibes it, now. Exactly. This feels like the opposite vibes that you were getting when Punk was there. Yeah. And it's like. Even when he wasn't on screen, it just felt weird. And then when he was when he left, both times he left, you know, when he got sus- he got hurt and suspended, and then when he got fired, it was like, you know, it was just this weird vibe. And they were trying to figure it out, and they had to do all out the next week, and they actually knocked all out out of the park, and that was great. But it was just, um, it was just very uh, a very different vibe, and it really felt like, oh, we're this is great, we're happy now. Yeah. Um, we're just moving on and, and living our lives. And that... I mean, I, I do think there's fun stuff he could go do in WWE from a totally objective, like, you of know, course. but it's just like, it's just sad. It just feels sad for him to go back there because it's just like, this is not what you want. AEW was tailor made for him. Mm-hmm. And if you can, but yeah, I don't know, but he might be I'm sure he would be better behaved in WWE because he would probably know that he couldn't get away with shit there at this point because a, he has no leverage because he has no place else to go. I don't like think he has they... the kind of self-control that is required to behave himself. Maybe, but... I think if he did have that kind of forward-thinking self-control... He, he wouldn't have gotten have fired from AEW in the first yeah. place. Yeah. I just know that WWE is a much more corporate environment, especially now that they're like even more and of a corporate entity. And it, yeah, and if he thinks Tony Khan is annoying... Wait until you get like back with all those people who are like have been working with Vince for twenty five years and they do it one way. Yeah, and Triple H who personally no does not like you probably. They make, <laughs> like... they make people wear like corporate attire to work every day. Yeah. Like they're freaking, you know, it's it's like working at a bank that does wrestling. Yeah. Oh wow, like, what a great way to describe a lot of WWE shows. Yeah. Well uh, just, from, so... just from talking to people who've worked there too. Like you talk to people who work in that office and it's it sounds like working in a bank like yeah, they have to free... wear they have to wear like business attire like they you know yeah, you have to go in like a suit yeah you have to wear a suit or like skirt i think the women have to wear like skirts to work and stuff like it's like pretty formal yes it's very much what you would expect from wwe but i yeah i don't know i mean i guess yeah it is kind of like a who cares situation we'll see what it what even happens with that i don't know because there's the rumors that survivor series is in um chicago but like they don't even care. It's not like they need a draw. Like it's gonna draw. Yeah, no WWE what. does not need him at like, all. At AEW this point. is a younger company, so it helps them to have a big draw like that. With you know, and even I think that the All Out crowd was a great example. Like All Out was such a positive environment, and that was a Chicago crowd. That was a crowd that was there. Probably most of them bought tickets to see CM Punk, and they weren't shitting on the show. They were so positive and happy throughout that whole show, and in a way that AEW really like needed them to be. Yeah. Uh, Cause I think they understood it was the first time there was like maybe some ambiguity this time. It was just like, all right, it was, there was an issue and it needed to be resolved. Yeah. Some people still are booing Tony and all this stuff. But I think some people just don't like Tony because Tony's also like kind of a nerd who's doing his own thing. And you know, he's confident. And I don't think people like that. You know what I mean? People don't like to see well, somebody people, that, you know, there are always going to be people who don't like you when you're yeah, making no decisions. Yes. Any decision that you make, there's always going to be somebody. And this is even for normal people. Yeah. Any decision you make, somebody's going to hate it. 
There's nothing you can do about that. You just got to live with it. It's part of just being a person in a world with other people who have their own minds and opinions. That's true. I've never seen this like wrestling tribalism thing as much before. I mean, it's also just the nature of the world or at least the country. Yeah, you didn't live in a world where there were two big wrestling promotions. Yeah, because WCW, I mean, people like WCW versus WWF, but it never felt like this thing because it really, a lot of the, the venom a lot of times it seems like it comes from like people that like WWE and it just feels very like punching. I know that Tony doesn't do himself any favors by kind of aggressively trying to compete with a, with WWE when he doesn't really have to, but it is very weird. It's like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. This company's been around for five years. WWE has been around for 60 years. Yeah. I don't know. Well, if you think about it, I mean, you've never, but they've also had 20 years of like WWE never had a challenger brand like WWE, like AEW in the way that they do now. By yeah. that, I mean, even WCW, when WCW and WWF were competing, we didn't have internet commenters because that wasn't a thing. It didn't yet. exist. Yeah. And also, WWF then bought WCW. So yeah. now even even if you wanted some retroactive anger, you couldn't have it because anything WCW is now owned by WWE. Oh yeah. So you like we've all lived in a absolute monoculture of wrestling for yes. over 20 years. So like there is no precedent for what this is. And I think that it that's, just makes people go a little nuts. That's why people, but you're also seeing something you never would have seen yes. before because there would have been no reason that's true. to do it. You know? That's true. That's also why people, a lot of times I think are like, well, WWE is the real one. Cause a, it makes the most money and be there. Like they've had 20 years of being like, this is the way that we do that. You're supposed and to do wrestling. Certainly w- have... WCW did stuff a lot more like AEW did. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because people, People certainly do have like not nice words for Eric Bischoff all the time. Like yeah, I Bischoff see him, is... <laughs> I, I see him getting made fun of constantly online. So I think like if WCW did still exist, like hadn't been bought by WWF, I think that you would be more used to this because it would yeah. exist more. What but, WCW like... was at the end, it basically became TNA. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like what it was. That's basically what happened. It yeah. just basically changed into TNA, but. Um, but WCW prior to like Hogan coming in was a lot more like what AEW does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's just WWE said it's kind of revisionist history. You know, they've been able to just like make all this stuff sound like we're the best. This is the best type of wrestling. And it's people have this weird kind of, you know, it feels very capitalist. It's just like whatever makes the most money. Yeah. And is the most popular, like broadly is the best version of whatever that is. And it's like not necessarily that just means it is the most inoffensive version of it. Because that's why it's broad appeal. Um, and it's to be something that is appealing to a specific type of audience doesn't necessarily mean that it's not as good. Like, it's okay to have different things, different products for different sections of, you know, an audience or for a consumer base. Yeah. Um, and WWE, you know, it's fine. It's also fine, I guess, to be, you know, the big one that's for everybody. But. Anyway, what's going on, on Instagram? Sorry, I'm just looking up something for the awards because we I know, need I to get kidding. moving. Uh, I was kidding. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, well so you now you know. A, you didn't have a tone in your voice that was jokey. Well, I'm sorry. Okay, all right. We should probably move on to the awards because right. we're at well over. We're at now. time. Okay, that's fine. All right, so we can move on to the awards now. Uh, so uh, match of the week. Did you want to go first? No, you should go first. Great. Uh, <laughs> Match of the week. I had two because there were two weeks. Uh, I picked. Um, oh, sorry. It's promo of the week first. Uh, promo of the week. I picked 
Adam Copeland and Christian Cage in the main event of Dynamite. It was a great, um, great segment, a lot of emotion. It was Adam Copeland's first post WWE promo ever because uh, it's the first time he's ever been out of there. And, you know, he's definitely finding his footing, but he was great, very emotional. Kept yelling, Sting! which was great. Um, and then Christian Cage said the F word and that was awesome. And it all worked mm-hmm. out really well. And like I, you know, I already actually kind of talked about it. And then the runner up was Tony Storm finally becoming timeless Tony Storm because that was, I had to mention it because it was just such a great, she's so dialed into that character. Um, it's so yeah. good. Awesome. Uh, my promo of the week is going to be Tony Storm. Well, Finding wish, out she's timeless. Wish I hadn't talked about it. So. Well, that's okay. You talked about it. So there you go. But that's my promo of the week. All right, great. It was great. Uh, and then match of the week, this is where I had to... Wait, 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 wait. I pick another one because you you talked about Tony Storm. So I'll, okay. I'll do Stokely Hathaway calling out Eddie Kingston and telling him that oh, we need yeah. a champion for Ring of Honor who uh, doesn't smell like a Newports and Burger King. Because yeah. that made me laugh and it made uh, Renee Paquette almost break on yeah. camera. And that was I, very funny. I bet it made Eddie Kingston laugh too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I mean, another runner-up that I would have had was Eddie Kingston um, after retaining his titles against Shibata at uh, Wrestle Dream. He was like, all I want to do right now is have one of those Snicker joints, one of those Snickers peanut butter pie joints and catering. That's all I want to do. Uh, very funny. Um, mood. Match of the week could have been any number of matches. There were a lot of great matches this or in this past week, but I picked for the previous week. Swerve Strickland versus Hangman Adam Page. I thought that was a really great uh, top-notch stuff. I mean, there were so many other matches from WrestleDream I could have picked, but that one really, and the crowd was so into it, um, and it was a big win for Swerve. And then the following week on Dynamite, it was Ray Phoenix and uh, Nick Jackson for the international title, and it was they revisited a match they'd already had, and it was um, it was great, man. They really like sold really well, and it was they're really selling this like phoenix back injury thing and um it was just a phenomenal match check it out if you can um match of the week my match of the week is going to be tony storm kira hogan because i thought it was funny i thought it was great i was glad to Mm -hmm. see kira hogan getting some time and tony storm even made herself a little meme uh with her little pose to the camera during it Mm -hmm. and uh that takes real skill to make yourself a meme Mm -hmm. so there you go match of the week all right, outfit of the week. I picked Julia Hart from Wrestle Dream. She had her similar outfit, but then she had like a veil, like a mm-hmm. red veil. That was cool. Uh, and then I said Shinsuke Nakamura from Fastlane. I mean, WWE is often, that's where they're going to hit is the yeah. outfits because it's pr- big production. So he does this big white robe. And uh, the husband of cool. Mercedes Monet is one of the people who makes those outfits. Yeah. So. so got some real talent back there. Uh, my outfit of the week, I'm going to go with everyone from Chokehold. That seems like the right Because choice. their outfits were all fantastic. One of them had like prosthetic breasts that were just constantly out. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was pretty funny because uh, it's funny to watch someone wrestle with like giant boobs that are just out and also look perfect because they're plastic. Mm-hmm. But uh, if I'm going to pick anyone, one person from Chokehold that stood out, it is Viz Queen. Who is the lady with the gun leg? Oh, oh, that and is pretty And she also awesome. has her her nipples. I think are vaginas and or mouths. I can't tell. I mean, but like one or the other, you know. Yeah, no, her her look was really fantastic. That is great. That leg looks great. Yeah, just imagine it. Um, I'll put it in the video. Oh. <laughs> uh, All right. And then uh, nerd fantasy booking. I think 
AEW should send some of their women's roster to stardom for tournaments because that's what they've been doing with uh, some of the men going to being the best of the super juniors and the G1 climax for new Japan. And so I think that they should send like, I think I might've talked about this, but they should send Athena or, you know, even like a sky blue send Tony storm. I mean, Tony storm's already been in stardom, but like there's so many people that could benefit from that. It stardom would benefit from having like Athena and also mm-hmm. people like sky blue that would benefit from being in one of those tournaments, you know, cause they would get a lot of uh, experience. Julia Hart, very, you know, yeah. she'd probably be really over in stardom. I think uh, Rhea Ripley mm-hmm. should lead an invasion of AEW. Whoa. With who? Who do you want um, to be with her? With EO, mm-hmm. Sky, mm-hmm. obviously. And um, I think she should bring in, like, Athena, the Ring of Honor mm-hmm. people. I think there should just be one night on Collision when it's, like, something something's happening with the guys and then all of a sudden Rhea Ripley shows up and people are like what the fuck is Rhea doing here and it's very much like when Becky Lynch led the invasion of uh, Raw when she oh, yeah. led the mm-hmm. Smackdown invasion into Raw mm-hmm. I think it should be just like that where like people are coming out of the yeah. the the vomes and like jump in and like Asuka miss Tony Khan in the face oh, no. <gasps> and it's like oh no <sighs> I think it'd be funny because A you would immediately institute like it would usher in the dawn of a new era of like a bunch of women's matches on collision, which is a show I think they could like, you know, make room for women on because they've got three shows. Yeah. How are they going like... to do this with only one segment a week? They're going to take yeah. it over one segment a week. At no, a time. I think they should yeah. take over one show because yeah. AEW has three shows. They should take over one of the whole yeah. shows and, and no one could say boo because if the WWE fans want to make fun of it, it's like, well, these are your girls. So like, yeah, that's here true. they are. And then um, the AEW fans, it's like, yeah, well, like you need some freaking women's matches. So now one of you the know. shows is a women's show. And I think Collision would do better as uh, a women's focused show or at least a show that focuses on audiences outside of wrestling and like brings in more comedy, brings in more like surreal elements because if you're going up against college football, you're never going to get the college football fans to not watch college football. Like that's just not going to happen. So if you're going for the guys who watch UFC and boxing and all these other real sports, um, you know, you've just signed up to lose most of your audience on Saturday nights during football season But if you appeal to people who are not going to be watching football, Mm -hmm. (laughs) perhaps even perhaps even the wives and girlfriends of the people who are watching football Mm -hmm. that night and need something to do because they don't want to watch boring old football. No offense, football. I used to watch you a lot um, until I emotionally disinvested and you Mm -hmm. became boring. But like, I, I think that there's a market there that AEW has been neglecting slowly more and more over the last few years. And I think they need to just go back hard into um, appealing to the non-traditional wrestling fan demographic. And I think they could do that by hiring all the women of WWE and paying them a bunch of money to come in and like beat all the guys up and be like, this is our show now. That's what they should do. They should, (laughs) they should be bringing that talent. I mean, that's something that people are talking about. NXT had like more women's matches this week than, than men's. And it's like, Mm -hmm. they're doing better ratings than ever. Yeah. Because women watch wrestling. Women love wrestling, actually. And representation but is the thing, important. But the thing that turns women off wrestling and the thing that makes us bored and makes us stop watching it is when it's all guys and when it tries to mimic, like, real sports. You know, when they try to make it seem like 
oh, this is just a boxing, like this is the same amount of pageantry anyone would have for a boxing match. It's like, well, then who cares? Because we have boxing. Like as a culture, we have real sports. We don't need a facsimile of real sports. We need pageantry. We need theater. We need show tunes, right? Anyway, the cat woke up and agreed. Because it's talking about women's issues and she's a woman. Yeah. She's a little lady. All right. Well, that's all the time we got. That's all the time we got. Uh, as always, uh, you know, if you have any questions, feel free to call our landline. <laughs> all right. Good night, Bye. everybody.